Hey, welcome back to another year of Bible Study Fellowship. We're glad to have you with us. This season, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Welcome back. Let me pray for us, and we'll get started. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your Son, Jesus, and that we have the opportunity to learn about him from those who knew him. Thank you for uh, John the Disciple. Thank you for the insight and the wisdom that you gave him as he wrote down these words. And I pray, Lord, that you would illuminate our hearts and give us that life uh, that, that Jesus desired to give us, that John wanted us to know about as we study uh, Jesus in the Gospel of John. pray all this in uh, your holy name. Amen. I'm just going to say a couple of things as we get started, and I want you to think about or see if you can figure out what I'm talking about as I do that. It's just kind of be rapid fire, and uh, you can go back and look at it again and see if you can figure out what I meant uh, later on. But a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, once upon a time, I could do this all day. Elementary, my dear Watson, I'll be back. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. My precious, do you want to build a snowman? All of these phrases are from uh, maybe, maybe movie series is, is the best way to describe them. But as you heard them, if you had seen the film or if you were familiar with the, what I was saying, uh, these phrases could evoke images or memories or feelings uh, for, for people who understood the reference. If you didn't understand the reference, you might have understood the words I was saying, but you might not have understood that there was a history, there was a story, there was a, a narrative, there was a character that I was referring to or that I was evoking by using those words and those phrases and, you know, in that particular way. And that's one of the things that, that New Testament writers do. Uh, they, are, they are presenting material to us in light of the Old Testament, and they will evoke those stories, those characters, those attributes of God uh, details from the Old Testament with those phrases in a similar way that, that I did as I began this talk. And if we think about the Gospel of John, as we, as we come into John, as we come into this New Testament story, the great news for those of you who have been with us in BSF is that we've spent some time last semester in the Old Testament. And so some of those phrases that John is going to use to invoke the Old Testament will make more sense. Uh, on the flip side, many people will say that if you're a brand new follower of Jesus, if, if you're new to the kingdom of God, one of the best books to read is the Gospel of John, uh, because it lays out so clearly the person and work of Jesus Christ. So whether you're someone who's been studying the Bible at, at BSF for many, many years, and you, you're going to understand a lot of those references that John's making to the Old Testament, or whether you're a person who's picking up God's Word for the first time, uh, the Gospel of John is a great study for all people because it can really meet God's people where they are. Uh, if we think about John's objective, uh, John is wanting to bring about people putting greater confidence, greater trust into the person of Jesus. And that's going to be our aim for the whole year and also for this brief talk is to begin to understand that John wants people 
all people to put their trust in Jesus. And so we're going to look at some of the ways that John evokes the Old Testament. John wants to John wants people to to know that Jesus is coming not as something new and something different and something that's wild and exciting. Jesus was those things, but Jesus was coming as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so even though there's much about the New Testament that is new, uh, John is building on the foundation of the Old Testament. He wants it to be a trustworthy account. He wants it to be a continuation of the work that God was doing with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. And so we're going to look at three ways, just briefly, that John evokes the Old Testament as he begins to introduce us to the character of Jesus in his gospel, the gospel of John. Let's go ahead and take a look right away. Uh, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Uh, right away, John is using a phrase that, that hearers of, of his day and age would immediately take them back to the very first pages of the Bible, the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis begins in the beginning, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Genesis 1 frames for uh, God's people an understanding of how life began, as well as the origins of the universe that we presently inhabit. John the Disciple, by opening his book with those phrases, puts a twist on it, right? The Genesis 1 phrase is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John is pointing to, in the beginning, was the word. And so he's using that phrase in the beginning, but he's also throwing a curveball at the people. He surprises us by talking about the word. Uh, and, and he goes on, and we'll hear more about the word as John 1 unfolds. But again, evoking Genesis 1 right away, uh, reminding us that the word was with God. If we look at uh, uh, John, uh, John, 1 chapter, uh, John chapter 1, verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So again, John is taking us back. He's deliberately taking us back to that creation account in Genesis 1, but he wants us to begin to focus on the Word. And this notion of the Word, that's kind of the second thing we want to look at, is this idea of the Word of God, God's Word. The, the word that John used in the Greek New Testament was a word called logos. And if we look at the Septuagint version of the Old Testament, the Greek version of the Old Testament, we're going to see that that same word, logos, or logos, was used in many of the books that we studied in our Kingdom Divided study last year. We read many of the prophetic books in the Old Testament. And if we look at the way that those books started, Hosea 1.1, the word, the logos of the Lord that came to Hosea, Micah 1.1, the word of the Lord that came to Micah, Jonah 1.1, the word of the Lord that came to Jonah, Jeremiah 1.2, the word of the Lord came to me. And John says something similar, but again, he has a curveball that he throws us. John 1 talks us about the Word, and it isn't so much that the Word has come to John uh, in, a, in an apostolic or a prophetic way, but again, what John wants us to know, if we look at John 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word 
became flesh and dwelt among us. And so drawing upon that Old Testament theme, that, that notion of the word of God coming to the prophets to instruct them what they were to say, what they were to preach, where they were to go, who were the people that they were going to minister to, the word came to Hosea and Micah and Jonah and Jeremiah. But John tells us that the word didn't just come, but the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So there's a new thing uh, that's happening with the word in John's gospel that John wants us to see and to begin to understand. The other uh, uh, component, the other, the other uh, evocation that John uses is the notion of I am. If we go back and if we look at Exodus 3, we can see that uh, God and God has called Moses to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses is anxious about this. Uh, Moses had many concerns, many thoughts, many reasons that maybe he was the wrong man for the job. And so one of the questions that Moses raises in Exodus 3, verse 13, Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And so this name of God, this covenantal name of God that was revealed to Moses, that Moses was going to use to indicate to the nation of Israel, this is the name of God. The name that you will know him as is I am. And one of the things that John is going to focus on during his gospel is that seven times in his gospel account, Jesus is going to use an I am statement to further reveal his mission, his purpose uh, among the nation of Israel as a part of his first advent, his first coming. Uh, and so uh, we're going to see that unfold, and we're going to, you know, those will be markers as we go throughout the, the Gospel of John. There'll be seven progressive revelations that we get from Jesus that John is going to capture for us. Uh, one of the things we want to keep in mind as we're going through John's Gospel is think about the reason that John was writing. John tells us this towards uh, the, end of his, the end of his book. It's actually in John 20. He says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So not a complete account of everything that Jesus did. But these are written, uh, verse 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And I think as we, as we think about the, the goal that John had in writing, uh, and one of the goals that Jesus had in his first coming to this world was that Jesus came to bring life to his people. Now, the life that Jesus wanted to bring wasn't exactly a physical life. That, would have, that was already around. Uh, people in John's day, people in our day, we have physical lives. Uh, we have lie. We we can go through life, and we can interact with the world, and we can interact with each other. Uh, but the reality is, perhaps as you've been going through life, there has been a sense of emptiness. There's a sense in our world that maybe it's not right. 
Maybe there's more to life. Many people are looking for it in many different places. Uh, and I think there's, there's definitely more to this life that God has for us than merely metabolism and being alive. And uh, it goes back again. Uh, there, there's something missing in life. There's something missing in the way that we exist because we're descended from two people that we learn about in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, the first man, the first woman. They were created in God's image. And what that meant was that they were physically alive. They could move, they could talk, they were animate people, they were intelligent. Adam was able to name the creatures. Uh, He and Eve were able to speak to each other, and uh, they had physical life. But what they had also was a spiritual life that was vibrant and rich, and that life was destroyed when Adam and Eve sinned. As Adam and Eve descendant, as Adam and Eve's descendants, we inherited from them physical life. We are physically alive in the same way that Adam and Eve were. But we also inherited their their spiritual deadness. And the life that Jesus wants us to have is not necessarily just a physical life. He wants us to have that spiritual life so that we can begin to be whole and to interact with Jesus and with God in the way that we were originally intended to do so. Yes, a future day is coming, uh, and the Bible tells us a lot about this. A day is coming when we will be physically restored to life. We will, we will understand what it means to dwell and to walk with God. That reality is coming for God's followers. But even today in this world, you and I can begin to experience the blessing of spiritual life. For those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. A question for you and I as we begin this study is, how might your spiritual life, my spiritual life change as we study the Gospel of John this year? And for those of you who are new to to Jesus, might not know him, what might it be like to experience spiritual life for the first time? as we study and learn more about Jesus and the life that he's offering to his followers in John's gospel. Let me pray, and uh, we'll begin our study of the gospel of John. Father, thank you that uh, Jesus came that we might have life, and we might have that life abundantly, that uh, you came to restore us to this position that Adam and Eve had in the garden when they were able to walk and talk and interact with you, their creator, uh, and and uh, their king. Lord, I pray that we would experience growth, that we would become uh, stronger in our, in our spiritual lives following Jesus. And for those, Lord, who are yet to move from death into life, I pray that you would bring life to them through the study of John this year in BSF. Amen. Thanks, everybody. It's great to be back with you. Uh, we'll be here every week looking at the Gospel of John studying our BSF lessons. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.